Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, welcome back to The Young Turks. Got a great guest for you, so we're gonna get right to it. Joining me now is Senator Mike Gravel. Uh, he is for, uh, former senator from Alaska and uh, so former Speaker of the House in Alaska, running for president again. He ran in 2008 and he's, gonna, and he's running in 2020 now. Senator Gravel, welcome back to the Young Turks. Thank you very much. I don't. I frankly don't remember when I was there before, but if you say I was, I'm happy. <laughs> yes, you were when uh, when you were running back in 08. Uh, we That's interviewed you back then. <laughs> okay. We love giving people an opportunity, uh, and you are an interesting cat. Uh, so you have some of the most progressive positions, which is fantastic. We'll talk about that in a second. You've also led an interesting life and one filled with transitions. Uh, apparently, you were a commie hunter back in the day. Uh, so when you were in the military in Germany and France, you infiltrated French communist groups. Is that right? Yes, large, large uh, gatherings. You know, I wasn't a threat to the meeting, that's for sure. I was just uh, attending them to be able to write up a comment on them. Huh, interesting. Uh, you also used to dress up as Paul Revere uh, to promote tax reform and free enterprise. Um, do you still... Believe that, I, I because that's vague. Okay. I, I don't well, really know I what that means. Change our tax system radically, and uh, I'm a free enterprise. Uh, I think we need to change uh, capitalism uh, structurally. Uh, so uh, it was the beginnings of the, the, those efforts that educated me to the problem to where I've come up with solutions today. So. Um, you have also been right on many issues to the point where the country has drifted to where you were and still are. So you favor drug decriminalization. Do you think that, I imagine you're happy about the developments in the different states as they have gone to legalize drugs, but the federal government is still resistant. Very much so, very yeah. much so. What would you do if you were president? If I was president, I would copy uh, Portugal and uh, decriminalize all drugs. And they've done this successfully. Uh, it lowered the crime rate. It lowered the, uh, the rate of people getting hooked. Uh, and it provided a process where people, if you need a drug to sustain yourself, then get a prescription, go see a doctor and get the prescription filled, and then go back to work at your job rather than criminalize it, where you put them in jail, where they commit crimes in order to get the money for the drug. It, it, it failed, as it failed with prohibition. And, and so now prohibition gave us the mafia, and what, uh, what this one has given us is a, a prison population. It's the embarrassment of the world. So um, you are... Um like I said, one of the most progressive folks running for, for Congress. You also oppose NAFTA. Um, you're in favor of uh, uh, college uh, tuition being borne uh, by the federal government rather than- Everybody, everybody gets it. Yeah, and so I would like the idea would be uh, to do like Finland. We would pay people to go to school. 
Well, that's super interesting. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, so the Bernie Sanders proposal, College for All, for example, is if you go to a public school, are you saying that you would pay for even private schools? No, no, not at all. Uh, the, 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 here, when you're making uh, broad statements, many times as I do, uh, the devil is in the details. And so, uh, so what you have to do is now examine the details. The tragedy with our education system it is based upon uh, property taxes at the local level. So when you have a very wealthy area like, let's say, North Hollywood, uh, you're going to have great schools. When you're down in a ghetto, uh, you're going to have lousy schools. That is, is not the solution. And of course, what comes up many times is uh, you know, reparations for slavery. Uh, I believe reparations should be done uh, to the poor. What it should be is unbelievable amount of educational support so that every student in the United States uh, gets the same amount of dollars. And that and those dollars, as far as I'm concerned, would be what the wealthy kids get in the way of dollars. So uh, the here again, uh, Finland is a great example. It, uh, what, 25, 30 years ago, it was a basket case. Today, it's one of the most successful uh, governance systems in the world, and it shows. So, Senator Gravel, uh, I, I want to keep talking about your policies, but I want to talk about it in the context of the changing times and the changing Democratic Party. Because uh, you were a senator from 1968 to 1980, uh, and, and I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think uh, that before we even get to the Democratic Party, do you think politics has changed a lot from then to now? I think it, uh, yes, it has. Because what you have is politics uh, that we have are based upon our governance system uh, was originated in the Constitution. Uh, and it hasn't changed very much from that period of time. But that's exactly when we saw the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And now we see a situation where science and technology has moved ahead beyond our dreams. We have no idea what they'll be able to do in the future. However, we realize there's a flip side to that success of science and technology, and that's the ability to kill ourselves or commit suicide, which is through the environment or through nuclear. And so what I think we need to do is to bring our structure of governance up to 21st century. That means make some fundamental changes. And the change that I would make is real simple, is to bring the people into the operation of government as lawmakers. The law is the central part of civilization. Law is the central part of governance. And what we do under our structure of governance is we give away our power to make laws to representatives who now have a monopoly on power making. And all we can do as citizens is on election day for a few seconds when we throw the lever, that's when we exercise our power. And then all we can do for the next two, four, six years is beg and hope. And, and of course, it shows when you see one of the parties, the Republican Party, absolutely gone all, all over the hill. I mean, it's it's crazy what they're buying into. So now it's Trumpism. Here you have Trumpism, uh, which which controls the party. How can any, and, and I must say, I admire uh, a couple of senators 
well, that that have jumped the traces, uh, Mitt Romney for one. But but no, the the Republican Party is sold out lock, stock, and barrel to Trump. Trump is going off the rails mentally, uh, and so now he's going to take the Republican Party with him uh, in a destruction. But but that's fine as far as I'm concerned. What I'm concerned about is bringing the people into the operation of government as lawmakers, and it can be done. I have a manual to do it in great detail, and that manual will be published. The name of it is going to be Human Governance, the Failure of Representative Government and a Solution, the People. And it's both a constitutional amendment that will be enacted by the people, not by the government, and a Legislative Procedures Act, because to empower the people to make laws and to not provide for detailed legislative procedures is, is a case for anarchy. And we see that with Brexit right now. How the stupid situation of Cameron turning around and uh, putting before the people a complex issue without any, any serious discussion and explanation of what the consequences would be. And so now you see what, what the situation is. Senator Grubel, uh, you mentioned Trump there. You think there's something wrong with the media when uh, they do not take your candidacy seriously, even though you're a two-term senator and former speaker of the House in Alaska, and and they take they took Donald Trump so seriously they gave him several billion dollars in free media coverage. Well, the reason why uh, I'm not uh, a media star because media has made a decision because they're controlled by the military industrial complex and Wall Street. And these are areas that I threaten. And so the only way to do it is to turn around and make sure that the, the Gravel doesn't get any time in the media. Now, I get it when, when I was uh, in 08, I was on seven debates. And, uh, and if you wanna look at those debates, that's what's causing all the the visibility and the celebrity status that I have today was what I did in 07 uh, in the debates. But I, but it was the Democratic Party along with General Electric that conspired to get me out of the debates. But uh, I, I frankly would not have uh, chosen to run if it hadn't been for these young kids. Our, my campaign managers are uh, David Oaks, who's 17, and uh, Henry Williams, who's uh, 18. Uh, one is going into Oxford in the fall, just graduating from high school, uh, and the other is a freshman at Columbia. When they came to me, they said, Senator, uh, would you run for president? I said, do you have any idea how old I am? And they said, never mind, that's not of consequence. What's of consequence is the fact that the, the position you have on these issues and your outspokenness in this regard. And you're showing a good one there where I take on Obama. Uh, and the others. So, <laughs> so actually, let, I want to go to that clip uh, here, and and I agree with you that it's not a matter of, uh, and I agree with your campaign managers, it's not a matter of age. It's a matter of whether your ideas are old or they're. Uh, they're That's fresh. what it's all about. Yeah, That's Biden what. and Sanders are about the same age, but Sanders' ideas appeal to the young and well, would actually. Sanders, he, he's he and Tulsi Gabbard, along with Warren, are the real people to be focused on for the presidency, and any one of them can beat Trump, hands down. Trump is going to beat himself, uh, and if he has any suction, it will come from the mistakes that the Democrats make. And one of the key mistakes is, of course, that we want Joe Biden a centrist. He's not a centrist, he's a conservative, he's on the right. 
we have moved since Bill Clinton the center over towards the right. Now, what we've got to do is bring it back to the center so we can recognize a centrist. But but Biden and many of these people who claim to be centrist, they're not centrist. They don't have an idea what what's happened historically. And and if you don't know history, you're you're going to repeat it. And that's what's going on today. The I predicted back in 08 that uh, what what's going on is going to go on and on and on. And have you seen any changes, regardless of whether it's Obama or or Bush? Or Trump, have you seen any changes uh, in the last 30 years? So you know? I, I want to let you tee off on, on Biden and Obama in a minute. But I, I do want to show folks that didn't see it uh, just a short clip of, of some of the things that you said in those debates that got so much attention. Let's watch. Why do they hate us so in so many places around the world? Because we kill so many people wantonly. Oh, Joe, I'll include you, too. You have a certain arrogance. You want to you tell the Iraqis how to run their country. And we can get off of gasoline in five years, and we can get off of carbon in 10 years. All we got to do is want to do it. Just play, get out. It's their country. They're asking us to leave, and we insist on staying there. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, lock, stock, and barrel, but they control our culture. It's time to make some ways for change. I'm Mike Gravel, and I'm running for president. So, Senator Gravel, uh, so that's fun, <laughs> um, and I and I remember covering it. I remember talking to you back then. But uh, but I, what struck me most actually was the amused grin that the other candidates had: Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden had on that debate stage. As you're saying things that are of great import, and that you're clearly correct on, and they're looking at you like, "Get out of Iraq! We're not going to do that." This talk of defense contractors controlling us because they give us millions of dollars in donations. Absurd. It's really when people say, well, you're so extreme. Not extreme. Is it extreme to want peace and to make an effort to get peace? Is that extreme? Is Tulsi Gabbard, who's got the courage to stand up to Obama on military policy, is that extreme? Is it, is it extreme for Bernie Sanders to want single-payer health care? Is that extreme? You know, who are the beneficiaries of this extremism? It's the people, and they cry out for these solutions. The problem is the structure of government doesn't permit that to happen because our government was sold to the elites back at the convention in 1787 and 88. And the change that needs to take place, see, they purposefully kept the people out of making laws because they knew the people would not tolerate slavery. So they wanted to protect slavery, and they did. And from we went from to the Civil War, then we had 90 years of Jim Crowism, and we still have this legacy uh, that we have towards race. So uh, am I right that if you get 65,000 donors, even if they're just a dollar a piece, uh, at, at microvel.org that you they would have to put you on the debate stage? Well, either that or they have a big embarrassment because I, I wouldn't go quietly. <laughs> and, and so we're talking about the support that I have is from the millennials. Uh, and uh, and so if they don't let me here, as long as my voice is, I you know I won't go on the stage with any big stepping enthusiasm. But I've got a voice, and uh, and I can articulate the views that I have. 
and and call call the others on it. You know, the 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 people who turn around and say, "Oh, I'm going to unify the party." You know, we're we're going to solve these problems. This is the Joe Biden shtick. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything because here the Republicans are crazy at this point. The whole party is employed. So you're going to try to make a, a compromise with a party of, of a bunch of crazies? That, that's what most of them are saying, because that sounds reasonable. Oh, yeah, that, we can, we're, going to, we're going to all work together. No, Joe was an adult. He was chairman of the Judiciary Committee when he made the decision to not call up the two ladies that could be corroborating uh, Linda, uh, um, Anita Hill, Anita Hill, and then of course Lynn. Uh, he he was the one that permitted uh, Specter from uh, who had been a prosecutor to savage to savage Anita Hill. In addition to that, Bernie, uh, I mean uh, Biden is the one who changed the bankruptcy law so that students wouldn't be able to bankrupt themselves and get rid of their, their educational bills. They, they're going to take these bills to the grave. Uh, and of course, Biden voted for the war. And, and what do you think is going to happen if he becomes president? It's the same old, same old. You're not going to see any problems really solved, but you're going to see the possibility of war, which of course Hillary was going to gin up. And now what we're seeing, the threat of it, I think right this today is is a very, very dangerous uh, couple of three weeks. Very dangerous. So Senator Gravel, you, you mentioned President Obama before. You just said Joe Biden's right wing. Do you think President Obama's right wing? Uh, no, President uh, Obama is different. Uh, Obama came in with the concept that he's going to make some changes. And he didn't make any changes. It was the same old. So what he did is make a lot. He made a lot of speeches. Uh, Obama is is doing what he should be doing, and that is making uh, movies and fantasies. But uh, here's a person that campaigned on making the government more transparent, and he's the one that prosecuted more whistleblowers than anybody else in our history. Uh, I, we could mention other things. Uh, here, stop and think of the mental attitude that a president has to have when on every Tuesday uh, some uh, military officials would come over and you'd go through a list of who you're going to kill that day, that day with drones. That, that's assassination. Uh, and, and then, of course, during Obama, you people like to say, well, we didn't have the renditions. Hey, we, we still have renditions today. And we had renditions under Obama and under Trump. It's just that when you look at the budget for the CIA, it's a secret budget. And, and how do you know what the hell's going on? Except that if you have some experience of following this stuff, you can, you can uh, uh, incite what is really going on. And, and when you see the likes of CC and other tyrants uh, coming to the White House and being honored, uh, here, just let me point out one thing. We sanction people. Right now, we're killing about, uh, the figures I've heard is 44,000 kids in, in Venezuela. This is what we're doing to, in order to get rid of Maduro. Well, why don't we just let stop the sanctions, let the community prosper if it can under their system, and if it can't, let the people make the changes. Why do we think we're so arrogant? And we do, we do the same thing with uh, North Korea, with the sanctions. Here, North Korea 
wants to end a war, the, the, the war that we've had. Uh, North Korea wants American soldiers to leave the peninsula. I'd like to see the, uh, the soldiers leave the peninsula. What do they think? Do you think for a minute that Jim, uh, Kim Jong-un is suicidal? You think that he's suffering from, you think he's missed a meal since we put these sanctions on? Hell no. It look like it. <laughs> 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 so um, what's different about Democratic Party today versus when you were a senator? It, it's really the same. It, it really hasn't. Uh, I would sit in caucuses. And hey, and keep in mind, I was a politician too, so I'm not above the fray. But when I would sit in caucuses and I'd hear the, the planning and the, the comments by other senators of how we got to screw the Republicans, and, and I was just horrified. But when I left the Congress, I was horrified that, uh, that the, the, of the level of partisanship. And, and here again, uh, you can't acquire any position of note in the government without having a partisan position. And that's, of course, what the founders called uh, factions. But uh, what happened in the first uh, term of uh, George Washington, the factions just uh, came out, and that was Thomas Jefferson in quarreling with uh, Alexander Hamilton. So, no, I, I, there, there, I, there's no really no difference down deep. And as you saw just recent, I forgot, uh, and it escapes me with a senior moment, but just recently the Democrats uh, did, oh, the, the whole brouhaha over whether or not uh, they, the Democrats spied on, uh, on Trump in the course of the campaign and where Hillary paid for, apparently what I'm told, Hillary paid for the Steele report, which was as phony as a $9 bill. So that, that's what gave credibility in many circles, uh, to Trump, you know, and so, and as I point out, if Trump wins, and I don't think he will, and it won't be because we're so smart, it's because he is declining mentally at a very rapid rate. Uh, and so, but, but here again, uh, with that yeah. in mind, we should go for the whole enchilada. And that's what I think that Tulsi Gabbard and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren can do is, is not not compromise before you even go to war, not yeah. compromise before you even engage in, in the legislative battle. And that's what they're talking about. Oh, we got we to come together with these crazy Republicans who don't want to compromise on anything. Have we not learned anything from Obama, Obama's failure? When, when Obama got elected, Mitch McConnell, who's probably the largest, the worst architect to damage our Constitution than any other elected official in history. But Mitch McConnell made a statement shortly after Obama got elected saying that it is my intention to spend my energies and my top priority is to make sure that Obama fails. I wouldn't want anybody to fail in public office. Uh, and we do need some very intelligent people and some people yeah. of goodwill and integrity in public office. So but that's not the answer. That's a, here, if, if Bernie Sanders and Tulsi and uh, Warren want to get their agenda through, keep in mind that if the Democrats take over the Senate, they got the House, and I think they'll keep the House, but if they take over the Senate, 40 Republicans can stop anything. 
stop anything. So where do you think they're going to get all these things enacted into law? The only answer is to spend the first year uh, helping get the legislature of the people in operation uh, and with as a result of a national election not conducted by the government. I have no faith that the government would, would, wouldn't sabotage this effort. Right. And, and the elites, once the elites realize what we're talking about, they'll go bonkers. Because what we're talking about is empowering the people to make laws. And once they can make laws in partnership with their elected officials who have a monopoly presently that supports the elites, that's all going to be gone. And and it'll be a win-win. The people will make the policy and the representative government will, will handle the minutiae that needs to yeah. be done on a day-to-day basis. So Senator Gravel, uh, one last thing real quick. Um, how did money affect you during your Senate career, if at all? And 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 do you think it has that situation with money and politics has gotten significantly worse? No, money did affect me. I'm not above that. When I was in office, one of the things I did is I took half of the money that I was going to get reelected on. I wasn't keen on being reelected. I just was fed up with the representative government. I think 12 years is enough to be there. And so what I did is I spent the money on an economic program that would enrich the people of Alaska. It, when I lost in the primary, uh, I had no, it, there was no more money to make this. And the, and the governor was a Republican governor, was dumb as a fence post, and, and he, he didn't understand this. And, and a lot of other people. The same thing we have right now, when people look at uh, a, making the people uh, lawmakers, uh, people roll their eyes over the details of it. Well, what do you think the details are in the operation of the representative government we have? And, and, and keep in mind, our representative government is run by a minority. I'm talking about putting in power the majority. We don't have a majority in the United States today. In, in fact, it's so ridiculous and that when 20, 1%, 10% control our economic society, our political society, there's time for a change. Will the people realize that? That's the reason why I'm getting my voice back. Because what happened is I had given up. I had, I had reconciled myself that I would not live to see direct democracy. And that's the reason why I was writing the book starting last year, and I'm going to I'm going to finish it up shortly, and it will be published, and it will be the manual to bring about direct democracy in an intelligent, legal fashion. All right, everybody can check out more about Senator Gravel's policies at mikegravel.org, and you could volunteer and donate at those links, and we'll have those down below if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook. Senator Gravel, an interesting voice in this race. Thank you for joining us on the Young Turks. We appreciate it. Well, I'd like to join you another time. I saw all these people out there. I'm sure they have tons of questions, and I'd love to answer those questions. So invite me again and line up with questions. I love it. All right, sounds perfect. Thank you, Senator Gravel. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Last half hour of the show is, of course, just for members. We're going to talk about Karl Marx and what Anna learned about him under curious circumstances. So tyt.com slash join to become a member. We'll see you in a minute.